Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Car Thoughts with David, episode number 74. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a part of the show, for listening, and uh, for taking time out of your day to, you know, listen to what what I have to say. <laughs> it's It's truly amazing, and I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to have access to this technology to be able to do this, you know, and it's... It's a new week. It's almost a new month. And, um, you know, it's just such a wonderful time. You know, I got a lot of good rest on, on Monday. Because um, I was just, I was physically and mentally exhausted from our trip. Um, you know, not in a bad way, but we, we put all our cards out on the table when we go on vacation. Um, you know, we, we don't leave anything behind. There were so many times where I finally told my wife, like, listen, I can't. We've got to go. I've got to get some rest. I can't hardly stand up anymore. We've been walking and <laughs> going around so much. Uh, but we always do that. And, um, you know, and then she's like, ah, let's just go do this. Let's do this, 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 and this, and we'll go home. And, of course, that ends up taking, like, another three or four hours. But we vacation pretty hard. We we like to go see things. I mean, when we've traveled to other countries. And this is true just, I mean, not just for me and my wife. We're just both the same in that aspect. I mean, even when I went to Germany and the U.K. by myself, I mean, my first day in the U.K., I, I walked over 16 miles. <laughs> you know, my first full day in the U.K., I walked over 16 miles. <clears throat> sightseeing and had blisters on my feet after day one you know um and it's just that's just the way we we both are um you know we might complain about it like ah you know tired or my legs are sore or whatever but you know we keep going we have fun we want to see absolutely everything we can and leave no minute uh of our vacation you know unaccounted for and you know it's, uh, you know, and, I'm, you know, we just never really been that relaxing, you know, just go hang out at the pool for whatever, for hours or anything like that. We want to be going, we want to be doing stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe as, as we get older, we might do that more. You know, like when we go to the beach, um, you know, my wife lays out on the beach and just tans. We, you know, we go to the beach for, you know, we might be there for an hour or two. Um, I'll go out in the ocean and just kind of swim in the ocean some. Um, and uh, she'll hang out on the beach because she doesn't like to swim. So, um, and, uh, you know, just to, to get out there and you know, be a part, you know. And I feel like there's just this, um, I don't know, it's like the ocean's a blank slate, you know, kind of. I think that's what draws people to it is it's just this you know a lot of people talk about you know sailors and how they they love the sea when they're on land they're stir crazy but when they're out there you know it's uh you know they're they're home and I think in a way you know I'm going back like thousands of years you know talking about different sailors and and you know all the myths and the legends and you know, Moby Dick and all these different stories that have been told over the year. And I think the reason why is why there's so many people that just really love being in the water, being out in the ocean, sailing, taking cruises, 
things like that is the sea is not something we can really conquer. Um, uh, not like land. You can't just say, well, you know what? That land over there is mine. You can. You can. You can say that land over there is mine. You can purchase it and, you know, go live there. You can't really live on an exact location in the sea. You can live on the sea. You, know, you can spend most of your time on boats and ships and whatever and spend all your time in the sea, you know, by either joining the military or the Peace Corps or whatever, you know, all these different things that you can do where you can be on the sea, you can work on oil rigs. But as far as actually living permanently, putting a stake in the ground and saying, this is mine, you can't really do that. There's not a way to feasibly do that. And I think that's one of the things why men are so, uh, and, and women are so drawn to the sea is the fact that it's one of those places you can't really take. You can't take it. You can't conquer it. You can't really belong to anybody, specifically anybody, like an individual person. Um, I mean, I could be crazy. It's just something I thought of, you know, because I have a lot of friends that like to go on cruises. Um, quite frankly, and I hope that what I just said previously kind of makes people realize why. Me and my wife like to just be constantly going on a trip. And even though a cruise ship is a huge place, I mean, it's like a floating city, um, we would inevitably start getting stir-crazy. and just Because we're not, we're not planners when it comes to our vacations either. We're just like, oh, I'm going to go, oh, what's that? Let's go do that. So we would inevitably, while we were on the ship, want to be out on the islands. When we were on the islands, we'd want to do something on the ship. You know, so we'd be like, oh, yeah, man, I wish we could do that right now because I'm kind of in the mood to do that. But we can't because we're here. And by the time we get back to the ship, we're like, eh, whatever. You know, that mood has passed. Um, which is weird because everything in my life is so planned out. And I think that's why I like going on vacation. Even though, admittedly, I don't take a lot of vacations. You know, I like just being able to get up and go somewhere and not have to, you know, being able to. And that's one thing I wouldn't necessarily like about a cruise is I like being able to get up and go do something and regardless of what it is and just go like my wife and I we were off work one day and we're like huh they've got a dine-in uh, AMC theater in Atlanta cool well, there's some movies we haven't seen yet and we just literally just I mean one morning woke up drove to Atlanta <laughs> you know Oh, let's do this. I mean, we've we've done several beach trips where we've literally just done a beach trip. It was a one-day ordeal. We just drove up to to Wilmington, uh, which is not an easy drive. You know, you think of a day trip to the beach, you think, oh, well, they must be close to the beach. No, it's a four-hour drive. So we literally spent eight hours in the car and about three hours in Wilmington. <laughs> and, you know... Uh, and that was our day. You know, we just, okay. Or we wake up and go to the mountains, go to Asheville for the day, things like that. So we like to just be able to be spontaneous about going and doing things. So, so yeah, that's where I think a cruise would be a problem for me because I would wake up one morning and be like, God, I really want to do this. Well, I can't because I'm stuck on the boat. I can't just drive to somewhere or snap my fingers in a helicopter land and 
whisk me off to one of the islands that everyone else is kind of to be a couple of days before they get there, or, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird, <laughs> but, you know, and I've never really explained it out to people in such detail because people who go on cruises are different, um, wired differently than I am. So I don't, most people are just like, what, you don't like cruise ships? And it's like, no, it's not that. And they're like, yeah, cruises are great. They're the best things ever. They're all inclusive. And that's the other thing. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Oh, they've got a 24 hour pizza bar. Big deal. I don't care. For me, money, when I go on vacation, money's not an object. I'm not worried about all inclusive. I'm worried about having fun. Um, you know, it's just never been something I've cared about. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, people who love cruises, more power to you. You know, I'm not downing cruises. I'm just saying they're not for me. And explaining to you why they're not for me. Because I'm spontaneous. I don't really care. You know, I, I spend so much of my time working. I spend so much time working overtime. I spend so much time not taking vacations to do things for the greater good of all of these companies I've worked for in the past. And I'm not trying to make myself sound like some kind of a saint. We all do this. There is, I bet you everyone who listens to this podcast and probably everyone who's ever listened to a podcast has probably done these things. I'm not trying to make myself sound special. I'm just pointing out my experiences so that you guys realize, oh, wait, yeah, that's kind of me too, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, every one of us has been like, ah, you know, they really need me at work. Or, ah, you know, I can't really take the day off because these two other people have taken the day off. Or, or there have been times where literally you were declined your vacation time and had to pick a different time because there were too many people that were out of work and things like that. So, you know, we all have these things in our lives. And for me, when I go on vacation, you know... I want to enjoy it. I don't care what the cost is. If it's something that I want to do, I'm going to go do it, you know. And, yeah, that's that's what's important to me. So, because um, I'm, you know, I'm saving up for my retirement. I've not got a problem with, with having money to put away for retirement. Um, you know, I'm investing in my 401k. I know good and well that the government's not going to be in any kind of shape to pay me Social Security <laughs> by the time I'm old enough to retire. Um, you know, because we're, I mean, you can't just be in debt forever and expect, you know, a uh, favorable outlook, you know. So, you know, eventually, I don't, you know, I'm not planning to have, like, oh, I'm going to have my Social Security to fall back on. Yeah, I don't see that as a as a possibility. I hope that that will happen, but I'm also not counting on that to be my primary means of, um, income when I, when I retire. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to be to the point, and this is where it comes in, is I don't want to be so old that I can't enjoy taking vacations or making those memories that'll last for my lifetime, you know, so many people are like, oh, you know, when I retire, I'm going to go do this and this and this, and I'm going to have all this, you know, no, I'm, I'm going to live for the now, you know, I'm such a, um, driven individual that even when I am at retirement age, I don't see myself being that person that could actually stop working, 
you know, whether it's my business or whether it's just working in general, one or the other, um, regardless of what the outcome is, I don't see myself being to the point where it's like, yeah, I mean, I know I'm 70 years old, but, you know, it's time for me to just relax and hop out on a fishing boat and, you know, wear my little fishing cap with my lures hooked into it. And by the way, I don't fish. I don't know the first thing about fishing. Um, I've tried it a couple times and never caught anything. Um, so, uh, yeah. But anyway, you know, I just don't see myself being that person that just goes out on a boat and sits there all day and is content. Um, I've got to be doing something. My mind's got to be doing something. Now, you know, I could probably lock myself away in a room with a bunch of books and just read. I could probably do that. But after a while, I'm sure I'd get bored with it. Or, like my father, I'd run out of books to read. I mean, you know, it astounds me. You know, growing up, you know, he'd always take three to four books with him uh, when we'd be on vacation. And we'd be going on vacation for a week. And he would literally read at least three of the four, if not all four books, every time we went on vacation. Just completely read the entire books cover to cover. And that's how, you know, he reads. He's a speed reader. He's an avid reader. And uh, that's how he got to the point where he actually has to check the library's website to find out when they have new books in because he's read everything in the fiction section. And by everything, I mean everything (laughs) in the fiction section at our local library. So, you know, I don't think I could be content doing just that either. But, you know, I'd give it a go for sure. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I plan to live my life because I'm not, you know, and this is another thing too, is none of us are guaranteed a tomorrow, period. I mean, if you heard my podcast where I talked about depression and, you know, my bouts with, with uh, suicidal thoughts and all of that, you know, if I had given in to those desires, I wouldn't be here recording this podcast for you guys right now. You know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't... <laughs> If I'd given into those desires the first time I contemplated suicide, I wouldn't even have made it to middle school. You know, I mean, you know, so we don't know what will happen in our lives or how our lives can be fundamentally changed by anything we do. And, you know, it's so amazing that so many people sock away their earnings and never go and do anything fun in their lives because they're hoping that someday they're going to um, finally retire and then they're going to be able to do all of these amazing things that they've been saving all of their money for all of their lives. And for a lot of people that's great, but think about this too. You know, I could probably think of, I'd have to get the names from my from my dad for where he works, but I could probably think of at least 30 to 40 people that retired from where my dad works that were like, finally, you know, I've put in all my time, I'm going to retire, I'm going to finally live this, this life that I've always wanted to live, and then within a month of retiring, they passed away, um, you know, 
it was like the job was that one thing that was keeping them going because they had a purpose and a thing. And I'm not, none of these guys committed suicide. I'm talking about heart attacks, you know, whatever, you know, um, just they've been working so hard all their lives. Because a lot of people that work where my dad works, I mean, granted, they don't as much anymore. But when I was growing up, it wasn't unusual to hear him talking about guys that were working 80, 90, 100 hours a week. So, and these are the guys that are retirement age now that are retiring, and after working that long and putting in those hours all the time and having all of this, you know, they just, they literally, as soon as they stopped working, that was it, you know? Uh, it's just like people who smoke heavily, and then they, they finally decide, you know, I've been smoking for the last 50 years, I've been smoking a couple packs a day for 50 years, and then they stop and they just die because their their body goes into shock because of the lack of smoking. It's like it was that was that one thing. Ironically enough, because I know smoking does kill you, it does cause cancer. Trust me, almost every single one of my relatives <laughs> um, who has had cancer has been some form of cancer, you know, because of smoking. So I'm not saying it doesn't kill you, but making such a drastic change, like trying to go cold turkey after putting in that much work, it's a huge shock to your body, you know? And, uh, you know, I don't have any scientific proof or evidence for any of this, you know? I'm not saying that's what causes it, but it just seems awful suspicious that, you know, these things happen. So, you know, enjoy your life, you know? Have things, have memories, don't have regrets. Because if you go into, and you guys have probably heard this all over the place, because there's tons of people who have touched on this subject, but I'm going to touch on it. You go into a, like a nursing home or an assisted living community or a place like that where there's a bunch of really old people, you know, the, you ask them what's their, you know, what's their biggest regret. And a lot of times their answer is, is that I didn't do more things when I was younger when I could. You know, I didn't take those chances that I, I should have. I didn't go on those trips. I didn't go see those things, and now I'm too old to do these things. I can't. You know, I'm on oxygen, and I can't take this huge oxygen tank on the plane to go travel to this place, or I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I can't get, you know, like my grandmother. She couldn't travel um, for a while. She had the big, huge oxygen tanks, and she could not get approval through her insurance to get one of the little smaller portable battery powered oxygen units um you know she had those huge like tanks like oxycetylene torch tanks or whatever you know that she had to carry around and you know she couldn't really fly with those she needed something smaller and so you know for for several years she wasn't able to uh, travel you know by air and that really sucked for her because she needed the oxygen but she really wanted to go back to Germany to see her sister my great aunt and um, yeah so you know that's a lot of things you hear now my granted my grandmother she's lived such an amazing life she's traveled so much uh, she was the first person to actually travel with me that wasn't my parents uh, when I was a kid uh, I mean, not when I was a kid. I wasn't a kid. <laughs> uh, when first time I left the country, and uh, you know that was awesome. And I mean, it was such an amazing experience because she was able to tell me things about about the city 
and about the country of Germany that I would not have been able to know otherwise because she grew up and was in the country, you know, before uh, World War II, so she knew a lot of the history of it, um, you know, and, and different things that she was able to tell me about the store, uh, about the different uh cities and the shops and and the places there you know knowledge that most locals wouldn't have um you know that also speak english because a lot of the older population of germany doesn't speak english uh my aunt or my great aunt actually <laughs> uh she speaks latin and so that was interesting because she doesn't speak very much english at all very little my german is terrible and uh but, you know, she, she would sometimes explain things in Latin. And since, you know, I don't speak Latin, but I know enough of Latin to kind of figure out what the words mean based on what she was saying, sometimes she would describe things to me in Latin and help uh, me there. Um, you know, but of course there was also one thing in Augsburg. There's this fountain, which they actually took it out a couple of years ago. I want to go back so me and my wife can get a picture at this fountain because it's kind of a family tradition. Um... And if you've ever seen any pictures of Augsburg, you might see a picture of this fountain. It's a got a huge stone in the middle of it. And then, you know, the fountain itself. I mean, like, giant stone. Like, you know, ton, several ton stone in the middle of it. Well, that stone for my family, uh, that fountain, uh, has a lot of meaning to it because it was a fountain where um, my grandfather who was in World War II uh, he was in the army uh, first met my grandmother for their first date so she told me the story where she was there was an underground like little shop area that went under the under the street there and she said you know she was pacing down there trying to figure out whether she was going to go on a date or just stand up this, you know, really annoying American soldier uh, <laughs> that um, kept bugging her uh, whenever she would go, uh, whenever he would go to the, the bar where she worked. And she was thinking about standing him up and just not meeting him at all because she didn't really like him. He didn't speak any German. He was kind of annoying. He kept asking her to go out on a date with him. And she just paced back and forth in this little underground mall area while he waited for her at this fountain. And, uh, you know, she said eventually, she said, you know what, I'm just going to do it and just get it over with. <laughs> and, you know, and that was how they, they became, you know, my grandparents. And so it was really amazing to get to see those insights and hear those stories that, you know, you just don't get on a tour. Like the, the you know, things that happened at this fountain. Or she told me about, you know, the, the Fuggers, the uh, the German bankers in the city, the, the little walled uh, neighborhood. It wasn't a city, it was a walled neighborhood. Uh, the Fuggerei, where, you know, this family, the Fuggers, lived. They eventually became quite notable bankers. They were always very rich and well off. It was the first walled neighborhood um, and how it was nearly completely destroyed during World War II and then the Americans came in and rebuilt it and that people actually uh, could live there they just couldn't put anything too technological in there because it was kind of a 
um, historical landmark, but they want people to live there to kind of help keep it up and to, to, to make use of it. And you could actually stay there. You could apply to stay there in this little neighborhood and live in one of the houses. Um, and it was basically 88 cents or 80, you know, in euros, 88 cents a month to live there. That was the rent. And, um, so basically like a buck (laughs) to live there. Um, and so, you know, the tour guide, cause she got us the little guided tour in English was telling us stuff. And then my grandmother was also supplementing with information she had of growing up in the area because she lived in not too far out of Augsburg. And of course, if they were traveling anywhere, you know, they would go to Augsburg, you know, because that was the major city in that area. And that was the hub to get on the train to go to other places within Germany. So, you know, that was a great experience to be able to have with her. And I'm grateful and thankful that she was in good enough health that we were able to do that. So, I kind (laughs) of went off on a tangent there. Sorry, guys. But uh, I want to end the episode here. And um, I might pick up some more of it tomorrow and just kind of go from there. Uh, But, yeah, so important thing is, is live your life and enjoy it. You know, don't think about tomorrow too heavily. You know, invest in tomorrow, prepare for tomorrow, but live for today. Because you don't know that you have tomorrow. So... That's my words of advice and wisdom. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. And with that, I want to say, Car Thoughts out. Hey everybody, David here from Car Thoughts with David, and I just want to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book. Because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good. But sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting. Lessons learned, lessons shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.